0: It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of z 925 the castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to pod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Pod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners
1: advanced elevator company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation troubleshooting and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso Michigan the Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona public schools advanced elevator company area business leaders and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000
0: Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
1: Hello, everybody. It's time for Three Point Podcast, episode 166. Our starting lineup includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And our studio home, Z92.5, The Castle. I am Ted Patel of The Castle with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone. Jared Patel made it up from Detroit. He also is employed by Bally's Sports Detroit. And uh, we want to thank everybody for all the listens and the follows here at 3 Point Pod. Well, let's get into it a little bit, boys, at the beginning here. A little catch up. You know, from our conversation last week, I was on a road trip, uh, you know, was on Bourbon Street, we won't get into all that, but the second part of my trip, I was in kind of vacation land. I was in Florida, you know, cruised through Gulf Shores, Alabama on my way there, stopped in Lakeland, Florida, home of the Tigers' uh, spring training site. Always good to see Tiger Town, even though there wasn't much going on there. <laughs> Hold on, okay.
2: <laughs> I got to stop you right there before yeah. you... Go ahead. What a pointless leg of the trip that Lakeland visit. What was the point of that? Just to see the little like minor league field?
1: No, no. There's more to that. More to it than that. We talked about it before. That you know, down the road, not. Too far down the road. <laughs> You're looking at respective spots, huh? Yeah, looking at spots to <laughs> maybe rent for a couple months. So that was the whole idea. And you know, we checked out Lake Parker. You probably have heard about that. It's a pretty neat area. Lakeland's not bad. It's a it's a great location because it's kind of halfway between uh, Tampa and Orlando. So it's pretty cool there. So that was the whole idea. Spent a couple days in Tampa and then finished up the week down in a uh, one of our favorite spots in the entire United States, the Florida Keys. Uh, we had dinner at Key Biscayne. You might have seen that I posted uh, the video about the Lions draft. I was two margaritas in on my third one. I didn't give a damn about the Lions at that time. We'll talk more about it a little later on, but it was fun. You know, Key Biscayne is it has a, a, a view of Miami and South Beach. We did a tour of South Beach again at night. It was just a crazy, crazy-ass town i'll tell you that much it's right up your alley jared i mean young people everywhere all right the streets were packed i never got out of the car though you know just (laughs) just just watching just just (laughs) just watching and then uh we went down to the keys like i mentioned didn't go all the way to key west this time our one of our favorite spots is chica lodge in isla Mirada. it's about uh a third of the way down in the keys so we hung out there for a day and hung out also at uh, key largo so all in all great trip lot of road time, a little wore out. I mean, ten days on the road. I haven't had one of those trips in a long time, but it was it was fun.
3: The, yeah, the the road time is fun. I, you mentioned it last week about liking road trips. Mm-hmm. Jared is kind of giving you crap about not flying. I like driving too. I like I mean if I'm driving if I'm going to California, you know, maybe you don't want to do that drive. but you know sometimes it's nice to just like be on the road and you know checking out different towns here and there or whatever. but we were talking before we recorded and or before we started recording. And you mentioned that you haven't been keep keeping up on a few things because yep. you've been on the road and everything. And that's the one thing I always think about it. I said it, you know, before we started recording, when I take vacations and, you know, whether it's three days, four, five, six, or five, six, however long, 10 days, like what you just did, it is nice to unplug for a while and not be on Twitter, not be on social media or watching sports center or whatever, keeping up on all the drama and stuff that's going on. Sometimes it's actually really nice to unplug for a while. Now I know for you, You haven't been watching your TV, but it is nice to get away from things for a
1: while. Yeah, and full disclosure, I didn't unplug completely from social media and Twitter, but TV for sure. I hardly saw any TV in 10 days. So, <laughs> what did you
2: uh, probably the most psychotic move I've ever seen in my life was <laughs> I remember we I was just driving back with you from our family reunion one year and it, we, you just you just sat on the same radio station for uh, pro- for 5 hours what, through commercials, through everything never changed it. Is that
1: basically what it is when you're going on a road trip? A little different, but uh... The one you're talking about, it was actually Sirius XM Radio and was listening to the top 1,000 songs of all time. So, yeah, I never moved it from there. Yeah, there was bad songs, but I'm pretty pretty, uh, mellow. I can just keep it right there. I don't have to switch channels and, all the time
2: but and matt as for the part uh, about how you said like i was giving you crap or giving you guys crap about the road trip did you notice the very last thing he said uh, about his vacation he said he's, he was wore out <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of fun man just well uh, cooking down the highway for half the
1: day to be honest you know the drive down was cool because it was all broke up with different stops all the way yeah on the way down now try to make the drive from Miami, Florida to Michigan, <laughs> that's a haul. That was a two-day ordeal wow. itself. So
3: You mentioned South Beach, and you're, you're mentioning that drive to Miami. Yep. My third year of college, because it, it was before we turned 21, it must have been our third year of college, me and another guy and two girls, we road tripped down to Miami. We were like, let's go. We knew some people that went to University of Miami, so we had a free place to stay. Nice. And we were like, whatever, we don't have anything to do. Let's road trip down to Miami, you know, for spring break. We had a free place to stay. Go head, head to South Beach and check it out. And you're right. It's awesome. I kind of I, – I wish I would have gone back when I was 21 to like so I could actually partake in, like, all the scenes and everything. <laughs> yeah. But the biggest thing, that drive, that, that's an awful drive. When you're on your way down, you're excited, mm-hmm. you know, you're making stops, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that drive back from Miami all the way up 75 to Michigan, if that's what you did, I feel like that took – forever i feel like i'm still doing it or something that
1: was the longest drive of my life yeah we took a little different route we took uh 95 up and cut through uh south carolina and uh, just a tip of north carolina and ended up uh saturday night in a place called newport tennessee it's where the great great smoky mountains national park is so we we made it home sunday in about eight hours did did you
2: work monday I did have to work Monday, yeah. Ultimate Sunday scaries on that last like 7-hour trip back
1: to Michigan. Oh yeah. Well, we pulled in the get this, we pulled in the driveway around 3:30. Oh. And then my lawn was due to be mowed, so I uh, oh. instead of instead of taking a little nap, I had to hop on the lawnmower and finish the lawn. So Um all right. So at least I mean, you
2: had a better trip than I did. So if you want to know what I've been doing or at least this is what I did. Actually, the very night we recorded our podcast right afterward. So, my my girlfriend is a big animal lover. Loves, like, almost, like, overboard at some points. Like, I don't know how you can care so much. Like, it, like let's say I hit a squirrel and I was in the car with her. <laughs> Probably aren't talking for the next, like, night. Like, it's that it's almost like that crazy. Oh, my. So, pan- or, uh, we had an SOS moment when her cat at work, who she loves. Like, this cat's been there, you know, at she works at a nursery. And so, it just, like, hangs out in the flowers or whatever. It ran away. Never runs away. Indoor cat for, like, ten plus years. So for about three hours like, – well, I was looking for about an hour and a half. She was looking for like three hours before that. We were looking for this cat, for, all over the place. I'm getting my shoes all muddy. We're riding the gator around. No luck finding this damn cat. And so, I don't know about you guys, but this is something. The whole looking for an animal is something I have done maybe ten times in my life. It feels like I have an animal run away every year. Uh, but when you know it, very next day it shows right back up. A bunch of scratches all over it. Nobody <laughs> knew what happened to it, but it was okay. So I was just want I bring that up because it made me think. Ted, you specifically, but also, Matt, I'm wondering, have you guys ever had an animal run away? And the reason I'm singling you out, Ted, is because your daughter was is now a uh, vet, veterinarian. Yes. But yet, you never had any animals growing up. Like, it almost was like you were anti-animal.
1: No, not really. I've had a couple dogs. I mean, I had a dog as a kid. It was an outdoor dog. The parents wouldn't allow the dog in the house, so that poor dog <laughs> What didn't get a lot in of... In Michigan? Yeah, well... It, <laughs> I don't even think we had the dog for winter. I don't. Th- I think we just had him probably for spring and summer. And of course, the old story goes, Dad found a, a nice farm for a Laddie. Oh. <laughs> but I think he really did. And then we did. You were too young, but we had a dog uh, called Buddy uh, when we lived in we lived in Corona And it's funny you talk about your cat or your girlfriend's cat escaping. This dog. He was a great dog. It was a rescue dog, basically. I mean, the the, the people that had owned him previously had abused him, you know. So this yeah. dog had some problems, and he loved to run. You know, he would go outside <laughs> and just take off on us. And I swear to God, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with dogs especially, this darn dog, he would he would get out, get away from his leash or whatever, and he'd stop at the road, and he'd look up at me and smile at me <laughs> and then just take off running. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. So I've had I've had a couple of pets. Now I'm not anti pet. I love dogs, but it's just like having another kid. You know, yeah. you got to take care of it. You know, if you want to go on vacation, you, people take them with them, or you have to line up somebody to watch them. So it's not that I don't like them. It's just you know, it just doesn't fit my lifestyle right at the moment.
3: I think that that is a huge thing. That you know, some people are just pet lovers. Apparently, like Jared's girlfriend, and so they're always going to have dogs, cats, or you know, whatever. But some people, I don't know if they understand the commitment that comes with especially getting a dog or cat cats. You can sometimes leave, you know, a little more, they're a little more like independent, but you know, dogs, I mean, like you said, they're basically another kid. And I I grew up with like out in the country in Owasso or Corona and our dogs, I, we basically had a dog the whole time I was growing up. Sometimes they would maybe take off out into the field or something like that. And we'd maybe have to like call them, but never like, you know, taking off where we had to chase them, you know, through the fields and stuff like that, nothing like that. But it, it, it it's always funny when I hear those stories because you love the pets, so you're really trying to get them back. You know, you care about them, but it's also, like, the most frustrating thing ever, especially because of what you're saying, Ted. The dog or the cat is looking at you, and they know what they're doing. <laughs> they sure do. They're playing games with you. They know exactly what they're doing, and it's so frustrating.
2: And that's why I'm, I'm actually glad. So this cat used to love, like, I mean, it, there's trees everywhere at this place. He loves going outside. Now, it's you would think that, The outdoors is like lava. He will not go outside now. So I don't know what happened to him, but he learned his lesson from running away. That's for sure. Because now he will not even think about going outside. But it's it's funny because you're right, Matt. It's frustrating because it's like, how dumb are you? You have it like perfect here. You do nothing all day. You just get fed (laughs) like treats and cheeseburgers and fries, and you just sit and like sleep all day. Why are you running out into? Imagine living in the forest. Like I just I just there's probably a lot of dogs and cats out there that. You know, do it as, like, a fun thing, and then next thing you know, they have no idea where they're at, and now they just have to live in the woods for the
1: rest of their life. Here, here's a horror story for you <laughs> that, that has a good ending. You know, think about this, fellas. If you were, were hired, some, like, say where you're 12 years old or 10 years old, Jared, and you're, you're uh, hired by a neighbor to watch their dog. Oh, no. <laughs> right? So somebody out in our neighborhood where we live, guys, uh, I see on Facebook, we have a neighborhood Facebook thing. Their dog got away from their house sitter, and they were in Florida, and uh, it, this is a beautiful golden retriever it was like the first day they went to florida on spring break the husband flew home the next day to look for oh. the dog while the wife and kids stayed in florida then two weeks later they found the dog found it by hopkins <laughs> lake but it was so i said it was a good good ending but can you imagine being that house sitter and for those two weeks what you're thinking and you know what you feel like
2: do you think she got paid or he <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if it was a
1: she, how many tears do you think she shed? Oh, I
2: I, I would be. Oh, yeah, dude, would that too. is yeah. – like, is that something you can get in trouble for? No, I guess no, probably not, but it's just so. like you're basically the worst
1: person in the world. You have to live with that the rest of your yeah. life if they didn't get that dog back, too, you know? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> you said they found him at Hopkins Lake. That's a – was it from your neighborhood over
1: to Hopkins oh, oh it gets worse yeah. it, the dog had been spotted periodically and it made it all the way out the last sighting that I saw made it all the way out to Henderson
2: so, <laughs> so this dog. Survived two weeks out there.
1: Two weeks. It came. So out. it must
2: have known what the heck it was doing.
1: Well, it, it survived at least. I don't know what the dog ate. I don't know if it yeah. got in trash or or how it got <laughs> fed. But uh, I guess it didn't have a lot of uh, wear wear and tear. Other than the paws were kind of wore down a little bit. But yeah, yeah it, it's a good ending.
2: The the only thing that sucks is being imagine. I mean, the dad like I just imagine you. Uh, or
1: let's say Matt. Let's just
2: imagine it was Matt. Like Matt goes the first day at Disney World, right? You know, just rip roaring, waiting at the gates. Oh, gets called. Yep, gotta. Everyone else is gonna stay. You're gonna go back, and you're just gonna have to look aimlessly for a dog. There's you never you never hear the story of them finding the dog like right. on that first couple nights when you're no. out looking. You have no shot. It's a needle in a haystack. So Buddy.
1: <laughs> it's
2: like, yeah. it's, you're never gonna find it, but you got to do it.
1: I mean, you got to. It's a member of the family at that yeah. point, right? All right. Any other uh, – just real quick before we get into our next segment, Jared, everything going okay on the new job? Every, anything to report?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm basically through the training phase. Now I'm kind of just like a, a part of the rotation. Um, I will say I love editing piston stuff just because, I mean, it's it's basketball and, like, the highlights are just so much – I mean, you're, hot, you're cutting together dunks and not somebody, you know, hitting a single in the right field. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit better in that sense. But, yeah, so far so good. I'm kind of officially – you know, on board now and just a part of, it's just my job now. So good good
1: deal, man. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, one of those Detroit sports, the Detroit lions. We had the NFL draft just recently. Uh, I know Jared, uh, you you got body bagged, as as they say, you want to respond to that. And we come back right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our community. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Their top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Unique service to represent unique lives. In MidMichigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started all the way back in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothra. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989 723 5, two three four Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street give them a follow on Facebook at Hankard Rivals Taphouse and Grill the official sports bar of three-point podcast keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders that's Rivals Taphouse and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road
2: before we get into that, I just want to throw this out on the table because maybe this is my hot take, or I feel like a lot of people maybe agree with this. Draft night, opening night, draft night, top three NFL days of the year. Draft night, opening weekend, Super Bowl. Those are my three. I, I love the draft. It, something about it is there's so much energy about it. There's so much like hopefulness. It's the best day of the year for Lions fans. I mean, think about it. My whole life, that's been... Drafting Calvin Johnson, drafting Matt Stafford, it's been some of the happiest memories of my life. And not a lot of wins have came, so that's why that is. So I personally love draft day. Where where do you guys stand?
3: Well, I was going to say, not not just one of the top NFL days, I think it's one of the top. I mean, if you're a football fan, if you don't care about football, okay, I get that. But if you like football, you like all sports, I think it's one of the best sporting nights of the yeah. year Because of what you just said, the energy, you're maybe watching some of your favorite college players. You're, you know, obviously paying attention to your favorite NFL team, seeing who they get. There's trades, you know, there's all this other stuff this year. There's the Aaron Rodgers drama going on. So, yeah, the NFL draft is like it's must-watch TV. It's
1: awesome. Yeah, I have to admit, you know, be, even being an old geezer, it's 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 kind of got my attention. I enjoy that, and you you set it up right the first night. Yeah, I, the second night, I, I don't. C- I could I've never live watched the
2: second of the second or third or yeah. any of those other rounds. But I've that never first had. night
1: is is cool, and and what's cool about you know being a lifelong Lion fan. There's some optimism, you know, yeah. for a change. They, there's no losses that you're staring at. You know, you got some some things to look forward to. And and, and also, they do a good job with the production of it. I think they, they oh, yeah. put a good product out there.
2: Yeah, it's become – now they have, like, separate shows. They have the college set. They have the, you know, Todd McShay and Mel Kiper set. It's awesome. Uh, I just want to throw out a couple of my, like, takes on the actual draft and some of the picks that are made before we get into the Lions I just have two strong ones. One, you guys knew this one. I said it last week. Trey Lance, I'm totally convinced this guy is going to be a stud. He's going to be, you know, the guy that we wish, like, man, if we could have just been a couple spots higher in the draft, we could have had this guy on our team. I 100% think it was the right pick that the 49ers took him instead of Mac Jones. My number two, and this is my strongest opinion of the draft, I've had it ever since I watched college football last season, Zach Wilson. This guy has B-U-S-T written right on his forehead. One is just the fact that just take one look at the guy. Like, you think that these NFL locker rooms, the guy looks like he's younger. He looks like he's 16 years old. There's videos of him in, like, in class, like, with a water bottle with a hole poked in the lid on it, like, squirting it all over his face in, like, a sexual manner. Like, everything I've seen about this guy is red flags. And it's just, yeah, he has some talent, but the way I look at it is he's going to walk into that locker room and guys are going to go, dude, who the hell do you think you are? And we saw it in college, losing to Nicole's Carolina. I mean, It's just like, am I wrong? Like, take one look at just the eye test. It's like, who the hell
3: is this kid?
1: Uh, time will tell, but I will give you credit for this. I thought for a second you were going to go the other way, but you've been consistent all along. You have not been a fan of his.
3: I, I think I'm definitely with you because, like you said, he you have to, to be a quarterback, especially drafted that high, where, you know, the Jets just traded away Sam Darnold. So they're giving you the keys to the franchise. It's the Jets. So they've stunk for a while. So they're hoping that you're the guy that's going to like turn the whole franchise around and you're, you know, you're kind of, yeah, you're drafted high, but coming from BYU, it's not like you were Joe Burrow coming from LSU, you know, like you're a little unknown. You look like you're 14 years old and there's that video of him at the draft too. And he's surrounded by the other draft picks and they (laughs) start like, waving their hands and stuff, and he just looks super awkward, almost like he's scared by these other draft picks. So I'm kind of with you. Unless he comes out, he has to come out and just, like, completely ball out. If he comes out in the first couple weeks, starts throwing interceptions, you know, they start off 0-3 or something like that, yeah, those veterans in that locker room, they're going to be like, all right, get this guy the hell
2: out of here. Why did we draft this guy so high? Yeah, you're spot, on. You're spot on, Matt. He's almost going to have to be like Patrick Mahomes in order to – like he's going to have to ball from Jump Street because it's like – you just take one look. Like he doesn't pass it. I don't understand. He's one of those guys, that, and there's one of these guys like every year where you don't really understand it, but all these like the draft heads are like saying like this guy's so good, I get it. Like So you kind of just like roll with it. So this is one guy that i am like I just don't understand how it's like it seems like everyone's like this guy's such a home run. I don't know. I'm always maybe I'll be wrong. Seems like everybody else thinks I'm gonna be wrong, but I'm on the camp that I don't see it with this guy.
1: Yeah, and I mean when they drafted Darnold, I mean, they thought he was gonna be the answer. You know, he had pretty good credentials in college, yeah. looked pretty decent, but I think part of the problem is you know, we got our Detroit Lions, and we'll have more talk about that. But the New York Jets have been pretty woeful in the last yeah. uh, two decades, I think.
3: that's the thing. Like, the NFL draft, I mean, any sport, really, but the NFL, more than anything, it seems like it is so much about fit. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Zach Wilson could be a fantastic quarterback. Maybe, let's let's just say he was drafted, say say the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers and somehow he ended up on the Packers. Maybe it would be a completely different, you know, career than being drafted by a a sorry franchise like the Jets. But then you never know. Like, the Cleveland Browns have been trashed for a long time drafting quarterbacks every couple of years. And Baker Mayfield, it looks like he, it looks like he's going to, you know, turn them around and he actually, he had him in the playoffs last year. So, you know, you never know, but that's what I just think. Like, you know, it, it stinks. We've talked about Matt Stafford a ton, you know, on previous pods. And you just wonder like, had he been drafted by like, you know, the chiefs or the, yeah. you know, the Rams initially or something like that, you know, the Seahawks or something, would his career be completely different instead of wasting away for 10 or 12 years in Detroit? So, yeah. You know, we'll see. But before we move on to the Lions, we've we've completely glossed over this. Jared very conveniently, you know, (laughs) skipped by this. So we tweet out and we put out on social media. We do these, like, videos. You know, when something big happens, like the NFL draft, it's kind of like our instant reaction, our initial thoughts, right after something happens. And right after the Lions took Sewell number seven, which was what I was hoping, so I was happy with it, Jared went off, and he was not happy he was going off, terrible pick. This is stupid. All you Lions fans, be happy with another lineman. And like you set up, Ted, Jared got body bagged oh, on social media. He was getting know. ripped. What is this guy talking about? He has no idea what he's saying. Who is this guy? I saw people even saying, like, okay, this makes me not want to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, because of what okay, saying. So, Jared, what, what's your response Here, there? You throw out the hot take. Here's, okay. Right with that response? I
2: think I got to start with my – let me <laughs> fresh, flesh out my take. So for one, I understand that I'm in the minority. Everyone loves this, even all the smart people love this pick. Sewell, I'm not saying in that video. Basically, what I said was the Detroit Lions and franchises like it that ha, don't have a quarterback, you should be drafting, and you are like a top five, top six, top seven, top eight, like in that range. You should be drafting a quarterback every year until you draft. You know, I, everyone throws out Matt Stafford. Apparently, Matt Stafford wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl, so now we need we need the next Aaron Rodgers, the next Russell Wilson, the next Patrick Mahomes. Every year we don't have that, we should be taking a swing to get it because 90% of Super Bowls are won by a quarterback like that. Yeah, there's a Trent Dilfer here there or there, or there's a Jared Goff that somehow makes it to a Super Bowl. No, we need a transcendent quarterback because for the last 70 years, we have sucked. So we need something other than what we've been doing, which is these run-of-the-mill players. We need something that is a you know n- guy that just transcends the organization, like a Patrick Mahomes. We don't have that. We should have taken a quarterback to try to get that. So, okay, so we didn't draft a quarterback. We took a lineman. Let me just ask you guys this. Joe Thomas, Cleveland Browns, this guy was well regarded as, like, the number one lineman in the entire, uh, like, league for 15 years straight. I had no idea who the hell this guy was until Johnny Manziel was drafted there and basically shit on him and, like, just completely ignored the whole entire franchise, everything this guy built. This guy was the best lineman that we've seen in the last 30 years, yet the Cleveland Browns were winning one to five games every year with this guy on the roster. So even if Sewell is going to be a superstar, it's not going to change where we are right now. Uh, that was my take on it. All right. Number two, let me just get into okay, Keep going. Guys, keep going before the, we the people the that rebuttal. were commenting on it were saying, oh, like, well, you realize Russell Wilson is drafted in the third round. You realize this. One, the Lions didn't even take a quarterback this entire draft. I don't know if that was the smartest thing I've ever seen.
1: Number free agent, two, free agent.
2: people are – coming at me, and a lot of these guys are, yeah, commenting, like you said, Matt, like, oh, I'll never listen to the pod because this idiot, this or that. (laughs) I never said Sewell was going to suck. I said we should have drafted a quarterback, and I got people commenting at me. I know this one guy, I don't even know who he was. Very first, he literally, like, came for my jugular, basically. But the very first thing he said was, who who who's this guy number two guy in the video? Which is me, and he spelled who's wrong. He spelled a H-O-W-H-O-S-E w h o s e instead of w h o apostrophe s. And I just like that was a, like I wanted to comment so bad. Like dude, like if you're gonna roast somebody, like just get your grammar right. I didn't. I held back the video. I up getting like I think it's like up to almost maybe twelve thousand views at this point. That's I good stuff, man. I, I, I love basically it. become public enemy number one to Lions fans, but I'm okay with that because guess what? If Justin Fields or Mac Jones become superstars, I am going to laugh at your face, Matt's face, all these guys on Twitter's faces, because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. Is Matt? You? I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just I got the floor right now. I'm gonna keep rolling, <laughs> Matt. Funniest thing I saw today, oh, and this man. is actually something I had in my notes uh, like a week ago. As soon as the draft ended, I saw the 2022 mock NFL draft. You think the Lions should probably take a quarterback next year? Most likely, like I'll say, Goff Maybe. is just okay. Yeah. Uh, number one quarterback next year, Spencer Rattler. So, yeah. just what a year to decide that we're not going to take quarterback this year. We're going to wait until next year for literally what might be the worst quarterback draft I've ever seen in my life. So we got that to look forward to. Uh, your guys' thoughts on all that? Go ahead,
1: Ted. Oh, okay, I'll I'll start it. Uh, you bring up Joe Thomas. Uh, first of all. Matt Stafford didn't win a Super Bowl, but guess what? In football, it's not just one guy. He was certainly good enough to win a Super Bowl, and the Rams obviously think he's a step up from Goff. Goff did get to the Super Bowl. What we're forgetting is all these teams like Tom Brady and uh, Aaron Rodgers and and Mahomes, you think they're the only good player on that team? You take that Kansas City roster, full roster, and let Matt Stafford be the quarterback of that team, he's probably going to the Super Bowl. So, First of all, you gotta have all the pieces in place. Now look, you played you played high school football. You were a good high school quarterback without a doubt. But by God, you guys had one of the best offensive lines Krun has ever had. Yeah. So you gotta give some credit to those big guys. Well, but like here's Cron. the thing. T-
2: t- swap me out an okay, Jared Goffish quarterback for a Patrick Mahomes. Like, so let's just say like a college, like division one quarterback. They're right. winning this. They're waltzing to the state title game. I don't care who's on the offensive line. That is like, that's just, it's just a perfect example. Get but, a good quarterback. But I think
1: you're missing. I think you're just missing the point. Cause you're not watching the entire football game unfold. Those <laughs> offensive linemen on that team love, are good. It's... They're good. The state championship offense. A state championship football team has more than a great quarterback. I'm sorry. I've seen many of those games, and and I'm not going to shortchange Goff. Yeah, Fields might be a great quarterback. One of these other quarterbacks might end up being a superstar. I agree. I'll give you that. We, it's a possibility. But I think personally, the moves the Lions made, drafting who they did number one and the second two picks to, to fix that that woeful defense that we saw last year. I think the guy Holmes and I think the head coach. I think they're doing a good job putting the pieces together because it's not an overnight fix by any stretch of the imagination.
3: I think that's the biggest thing to me is it's not an overnight fix, and I almost feel like they recognize that because right, you, you may be right. Justin Fields may end up being you know the next one of the next great young quarterbacks, but that doesn't mean that the Lions made the wrong pick because you know sometimes, often, great players come after. You know, whoever you pick, it doesn't mean that you made the wrong pick. You're trying to take the guy that's going to help your team, help turn things around. And personally, I mean, I I I stand by what I said. I think that the Lions, kind of like what you just said, Ted, they need to almost like start from the ground up. Jared Goff. I'm not saying that he's Aaron Rodgers or even Matt Stafford, because right, the Rams just traded Goff for Stafford. But he's also not like a bum. So, you know, he's he's at least a decent quarterback. Who knows, like Ryan Tannehill. Went to the Titans and has done really well there. Drew Brees, I'm not saying Goff is Drew Brees, but, you know, he started his career one place and when he got traded, kind of, like, revitalized his whole career. And obviously, he's a Hall of Famer now. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe Goff, this is what he needs. And they're going to, you know, they've obviously addressed offensive line. And at some point, they've got to get some skill players for him. But that's that's just where I stand. I think the Lions, you could have done the sexy thing and taken Justin Fields and, Wanted to see him running around Ford Field and slinging it up to Hawkinson because that's about the only skill player that they have right now.
2: Yeah,
3: but I think, like you said, the the management they knew they had to start from the bottom, offensive and defensive line, and then let's address things yeah. after that. You know, and I get- so Hopefully, but the thing is, if you, you have no idea how these things are going to pan out. Maybe Stouw ends up being a complete bust yeah, in it- two or three years, five years from now. We're looking back and we're like, all
2: right, that was a terrible pick. What cracks me up is the thing they say about these offensive linemen that are taking like top fifteen every year. Oh, this guy, like plug him in and play him, fifteen year Pro Bowler. Like it never works out that way. It, if like, maybe the one guy I can think of is Laramie Tunsell. And he fell in the draft because he had the whole gas mask incident. But, like, he's, he's been really good. But other than that, I feel like a lot of these guys, yeah, they are, they're solid. Like, or even remember the guy from Central. Drafted number one, Eric Fisher, like, pretty decent player. You know, I, I don't know if he's worth a number one pick. Okay, but let me ask you guys this. So, let's say for the next three years, one, let me just call out your whole quarterback thing. Andrew Luck. Indianapolis Colts very first pick in the draft. They take Andrew Luck very next year. They win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. What's the? I mean, what's the difference there?
1: Well, there's there's eleven players. On the <laughs> right. Offense, 11 they players they totally the transformed their no, team from the worst a, to a first. A quarterback by... can make a team better. I'm not going to shortchange that. It's not it's well, not going to be the only factor.
3: Also, the the Colts were coming off of the Peyton Manning era, so it's not like it's not like they were the Browns it's not like they were the Lions winning three four games a year. I know like Peyton had gotten hurt. But that was still like a solid franchise when they drafted Andrew Luck.
2: Yeah, true. Uh, and then let me just throw this out to you guys. So, unbiasedly, how would you answer this? So, let's say that we take a quarterback. Let's. I know. I know that it's like probably not going to work out. It's probably not going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. But what would what would be so bad about taking a quarterback? Let's say we draft one this year. it Doesn't pan out. We draft another one next year. Doesn't pan out. We draft one uh, a year, another year after that. But that guy ends up being Aaron Rodgers. Would you would you take three three years to find that guy? Like, would you say that's a bad trade? I I know that people listen. and say, oh, that's so damn dumb. But is it really that dumb? Like, why not just keep drafting quarterback till we hit on it? As soon as we get that quarterback, okay, now we'll start drafting everywhere else. I I don't see how that's dumb.
1: Who is it? Can you? We're set for the next you, fifteen years. Can what? you pinpoint it though to some somebody that's actually used that ridiculous strategy? <laughs> I mean, it's come like, on. That's well, nobody's listen. ever done that. <laughs> Um,
2: uh, actually, actually I say one, uh, Arizona Cardinals, they take Josh Rosen sucks next year. The draft, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray stud.
1: Okay. But that's, that's two quarterbacks. Well, three. I mean, they hit on the second one. Okay. That
2: could be, we could hit on the first one that you never true. know. I mean, it's, Jets it's, pretty much just did that with Sam Darnold and Zach
1: Wilson. Yep. And we'll see if how that pans out.
3: The Browns have kind of been like a, a carousel of quarterbacks coming in and out. That, so the Browns that's that true. are an example of every, every two or three years they're drafting another quarterback and you know, maybe they got their hit with Baker Mayfield. The Jets, you know, so, like, and obviously the Chicago Bears, the Bears are always drafting or signing free agent quarterbacks, and we'll see how Justin Fields does there. But I get what you're saying, Jared. It's almost like it's in the NBA, too. Like, if you're always getting top draft picks, you always take a swing on, like, someone who's supposed to be the next superstar and hope that one of the times it hits. But the only thing is, is, like, Dan Campbell, you know, the new head coach and the new management, they don't have, like, that long of a leash or whatever. You know, like, they know – They've got to get this thing building, show improvement. They can't just be drafting quarterbacks and going 4-12 and 12 every year and saying, like, ah, next year we're going to try someone else. You know, well, They know they've got to build a foundation. And then I, I feel like Jared Goff might be a solid quarterback, too. So I don't, th- I don't think that can be, you know, just, like, thrown away. Like, he, he probably also is, like, trying to prove himself. So he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder, too. Like, hey, they just traded me for Stafford, and I've started in Super Bowl – And Stafford hasn't even won a playoff game, so he's probably coming in trying to prove himself too. So
1: I I think the Uh, analogy on Tannehill could—that's what—that's what what we got to hope for, right? I mean, Goff coming in, why not?
2: Here's the thing that is cracking me up. I don't think you guys realize how bad the Lions are going to be next year. We were we were horrible, and Matt Stafford Why are was our they quarterback. Be worse? Why are they going to be worse? We had Matt, Matt Stafford. A, right.
1: But golf, golf look at this. Look at Juju or
2: Matt explaining our weapons.
1: Hawkinson. I know we don't have a. Lot we don't of have weapons. any weapons. Right. We have nothing.
2: We have an offensive line that hasn't had a thousand yard rusher uh, in millenniums, and yet somehow this one draft pick as a rookie is going to like transform that. I don't. I, I'm rooting for Holmes and Campbell. They seem like great guys. But it just cracks me up how it's like it's like a dumpster fire. It's like we, <laughs> it's like it's like we have a abandoned building and we threw some duct tape on the outside of it. Like with this this offensive lineman draft pick, I, we need something that's gonna you know we need a bar rescue John Taffer to come in and just revitalize. That's what we need. It, this little you know here here or there lineman here, second like round running back there. Like it's not gonna work. I'm We've o- seen that the Lions are hor- like there's something cursed about us. We need somebody that will. Take us out of that. And it's gonna be a quarterback. It's the only way to do it.
1: Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I'm i just gonna go along with the stay of the course, keep building the team. <laughs> We've been doing that for forty years. Well, now maybe they got the people that know <laughs> what like, the hell they're doing. You know, that's all we can hope for, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm all with I'm I'm with you. Yeah, it'd be great to get a, a young quarterback, don't be the franchise quarterback, but I am not gonna I'm not gonna throw golf out. The window without playing a single down for the Lions. I mean, they they traded for him for a reason. You you mentioned last week McVay, he saw the writing on the wall. He got rid of Goff. Well, guess what? Holmes saw enough in him to make that trade and bring Goff in. I'm going to trust him more than what we what we see. And and like Matt said, Stafford never even won a playoff game. You know, and you want to keep going back to that. But Goff not only won playoff games, he went to the Super Bowl. Why shortchange that? Um,
3: And, and you know it it could be. Maybe what Campbell and, and Holmes and, you know, the whole new staff and management and everything, maybe it's just a whole a whole new energy within the franchise, you know? Like, they're actually, like, preaching toughness and stuff like that. I'm not saying all of a sudden they're probably going to stink next year. I'm curious right. what the over-under is going to be yeah. for wins <laughs> for the Lions, probably at, like, five and a half or Heading something.
1: Heading down to fire keepers.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm probably going I'm, – I'm probably being smart and going with the under. <laughs> next year or Whatever it is. But – I think I think the staff knows that they have to start from the bottom because that roster is just trash. And if they tra- drafted a Justin Fields or if Trey Lance was available, it's like, what? How, why is that going to improve if he's like if they're like running for their life, you know? Here, start from the bottom. Get that old line.
2: Here's what's unfortunate. I do. I don't hate the idea of giving Goff some time, like to give him his chance. It sucks that, you know, the best quarterback draft we've had in years happens to be the very first year that we get Goff in. That's unfortunate. I would have loved it if this somehow this draft class could be transported to the next year and we get Goff for a year, see what he's got, and then decide to move on from him. It just would have been perfect that we could have drafted a quarterback, you know, Justin Fields. I would have loved him. Have him sit behind Goff a year if Goff is good. We trade Goff away. Or, you know, let's say Goff takes off and is a superstar, which you guys seem to think he will be.
1: No, we never if, said superstar. If that happens,
2: then we then we trade, you know, the the draft pick. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm, it's going to be a good play. I think Sewell's going to be a good pro. It just – it's not going to get me, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid like I think a lot of people are. My favorite tweet was this, was everyone is doing it, like tweeting out the Lions uh, offensive line. Ragnow, uh, Sewell, like these are the same crew of characters besides one different guy that we haven't been able to rush for like 100 yards in a game in my entire lifetime. So it's just funny how, you know, we got this sweet offensive line now because we took some kid out of Oregon. I don't know.
1: Do you think Ragnow is not the real deal? I <laughs>
2: I couldn't tell you. You have no idea, right? No one knows. No one other than maybe these guys that actually watch the offensive the line. The insiders know yeah, Because they, they give <laughs> him
1: high praise, and they're going to sign him to a long-term deal, it looks like.
2: I think Sewell's going to be good. I That's not too. the point. I still think that the risk-reward, it's smart because, I mean, right? if you're a franchise, right, you're thinking, oh, we're never going to have, we're, we're going to win, you know, we're never going to be the seventh pick again. We're going to be in the 15s now. Mm. Uh, well, if that happens, I guess we're just, we're, we don't have a quarterback now. Well, we've got here,
3: the, the one thing is I was thinking, you know, before last, I mean, 2020 was weird, but let's just take a normal college football season and let's just say last year was normal. I mean, Zach Wilson wasn't, wasn't really talked about before last season. Not much. Trey Lance wasn't really talked about much really at all. Probably before last football season. So like, you know, there's always going to be these few guys. Yeah. There's always the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Fields that everyone knows, or I guess next year, Spencer Rattler. But some quarterbacks are going to come on, and all of a sudden you're going to get all hot and bothered like you did about Trey Lance. And then you're going to want the Lions to draft the next hot quarterback that's going to be coming. So there's always going to be quarterbacks to draft. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. I, hey, I, I hope you guys are right. I mean, I guess we hope that Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell know what they're doing. And, and I guess we just hope that the Bears didn't just draft the next Aaron Rodgers in our division. So right. I think that's basically what we're hoping for. It's a possibility. Uh, what did you guys think of – Aaron Rodgers, let, let me put you guys in Matt Stafford's shoes. If we Let's say Aaron Rodgers had done this before Matt Stafford had demanded a trade, which is what he did, even though we kind of sweep it under the rug. Do you think Matt Stafford would have said, you know what? I'm going to stick it out in Detroit. Let's see if we can win this division. Do you think he would have done that?
1: Hmm. If he would have known in advance. That Aaron
2: Rodgers is, let's say that Aaron Rodgers does get traded to Denver or whatever. Maybe. Uh, that the, the division is wide open. Right. If, Stafford, if we have Stafford on this team, you know, we had a draft pick, we had Sewell or let's say like Devonta Smith or something. And we re- somehow, some way get Galladay to resign. Like we might have had a chance of this division yeah. if Aaron Rodgers did in fact, end up getting traded before. It's possible.
3: Yeah, yeah, I thought about that. Like probably sitting there, like, yeah, of course, when I get traded, <laughs> yeah. that's when Aaron Rodgers demands a trade. But you know, who knows? You have no idea how things play out. I did see a crazy stat that I thought Ted you would definitely appreciate. So the the three like Packers legend quarterbacks Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers, they all only have played, you know, saying Rodgers gets traded. Sixteen seasons with the Packers. Just kinda like random. Star <laughs> yeah. played sixteen, Brett Barr played sixteen. 16. Aaron wow. Aaron Rodgers is at sixteen right now. So there's a I don't know, like a weird thing. Like is he gonna be the first one to go seventeen seasons? Just kinda crazy.
1: <laughs> That's an ESPN type of stat right there, Matt. I love it. It's
3: kinda wild. would you guys say that, also, like yeah, i talked ahead. about before, I've tweeted it out before and stuff, but like Can you imagine, I mean, we're talking about as Lions fans, Ted, you've been a Lions fan for a hundred years. Yep. Like they've had, they've went, I mean, Bart Starr was a while ago, but they went 32 years, 32 years, longer than your life, Jared, where you had question who their quarterback was going to be. Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Like, I can't even imagine what that'd be like as a fan to just be like, we don't ever have to draft a quarterback because we've got Brett Favre and then we got Aaron Rodgers.
1: That's crazy. Oh man, I'll tell you what. When I was young, guys, it was just a carousel of quarterbacks coming through Detroit, and the next one sucked worse than the last one. I mean, it was just it was awful. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes get to the draft. Yes, yeah. so that's what I'm point. saying. Yeah. Is if we
2: can just hit on a quarterback, man, like it. The rest of the pieces, it's so easy. Once you get an Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you just
1: put a couple of scrubs around him, and you're going to go to the playoffs the, every year. The only hard thing that I have to go with your argument, you know, to go right along with it is it's just. It's so soon after Stafford, and I thought Stafford was just so damn good. He was so talented. He he led him to how many different comeback wins? Yeah, he didn't get a playoff win, and uh, you know didn't have any success there. But that's where he put too much of a burden on a quarterback. I think. I, I think you know any of these quarterbacks you draft this year. And you already had Matt Stafford. It's just hard for me to, to look that way, you know, to, to go with a quarterback. Just it just is because he couldn't turn it around. So what makes you think that a new guy could?
2: I just know Golf isn't. I mean, like it basically we're just like we're gonna end up drafting a quarterback, right? So, somewhere I, along so, couple
1: years, I think I'm gonna give Golf couple years.
2: Hopefully he. So we're gonna build this entire team, like basically yeah. what everyone says is like, oh, build your entire team, then draft a good quarterback, like on a rookie. So what if we just draft a bad quarterback? Then That's it's like we just built this. We built this whole team. For nothing.
1: But if you build a whole team that's solid, you know, a solid defense, solid offensive line, good running game, you plug a quarterback in that has some skill and can grow with the team, that's the winning combination. I think that's what that's what GMs are paid for to put teams together like that.
3: That's kind of yeah, that's kind of what I mean. It, like what the Tennessee Titans did, they drafted Marcus Mariota because he had just won a Heisman. And he basically, they were decent, you know, but, yeah, you know, he didn't basically didn't out. have a ton of success there. They had Derrick Henry. They built up, you know, Vrabel came in to coach him. You know, he, Vrabel is basically like Dan Campbell with the toughness and everything. They built up a strong team and they bring in a dude in Ryan Tannehill who I think is probably as good as golf. He's not necessarily better than golf. And now they're going to the playoffs and winning playoff games. Yeah. They had that sexy quarterback in Mariota and it wasn't that successful. Bring in Tannehill. You have a strong run game. You have a good defense. Now they're a good team. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's what that's what's going to happen in Detroit.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, it's just it, – it, it, I mean, we laughed about how bad this roster was around Matt Stafford, and now it's like just – I think it's just because we finally have, like, a new quarterback in the first time in, like, 10 years. And it's like, oh, like, yeah, let's see what he's got. Like, Jared Goff has nothing to work with right now. This team is going to be, like, probably the number one, two, maybe three pick in the draft next year and instead of you know the opportunity to take like you said Matt you're probably right there probably will be some quarterbacks we don't even know about that'll come out burst onto the scene and the Lions can draft. If that's the case then I'm fine with passing on a quarterback this year. But if if our new thing is we're just going to keep drafting like all these other places around wider uh, quarterback and just hoping that somehow some way they'll like piece it together, I just don't see it. I think the only way to do it I not know I'm I know I'm an idiot for this ideology. But I almost think it's a cheat code. Like, let's just keep spinning the wheel as at a quarterback, and if it takes five years to get that next, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, then I'll I'll forfeit five years of what we've been doing to know that that's at the end of the tunnel.
1: That's just me. Oh, I love the way at least you took a hot take and uh, took your medicine, which <laughs> – you kind like of like it. You kind of like it. It's,
2: I'm fine with being – I mean, here's the thing that cracks me up about Lions fans. We're losers. So, I, I, I'm fine with being on the opposite end of all you losers. <laughs> That's fine with me. So
1: That's well put. Well put. All right. Uh, one final thing on the NFL. What in the hell is the deal with Aaron Rodgers? Do you think there was more to the the, the not going for it last year and kicking that field goal that really sent him out? Or is it – I'm hearing now that they really didn't draft any offensive weapons to help him. But what, what do you think the real reason? reason is and and god knows i hope he's not leaving because he thinks he's getting the job at jeopardy but we'll leave that there
3: that i was gonna say you you are i think you might be the only person i've seen not a fan of him on jeopardy i feel like the the vast majority of the, of the
1: reviews has been he was a great jeopardy host what did everybody like no. so much he was adequate
2: that's, that's he was kind of see I've to heard me. both I've heard both where it's like I think what I've heard is that he was sort of like a Peyton Manning like you, oh yeah like great for you know you wouldn't think of a pro athlete like he's going to be good at this like oh yeah he's pretty good yeah. but I don't know if it's like I said I think I'm kind of in your camp where it's like I don't know if he should be the Jeopardy host for the next 30 years right. but
1: maybe I, I don't know I don't know I, mean, I I I just think all the people that really thought he did a great job are just kind of fanboys myself I mean <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> entertainment tonight is the the jeopardy insider so yeah well i'll
1: tell you who I, would, I mean katie couric she was excellent anderson cooper was excellent you know aaron Rodgers. like i said i, I don't mean to body bag him and, and get that far down on him but i just don't think he has enough pizzazz it was what clean. about
2: uh joe buck is the name i've been hearing getting thrown around
1: oh well, joe buck probably would do a good has he done it yet
2: I think he's like I think he's gonna do like what Aaron Rodgers did, which is like maybe one or two weeks or something where he's gonna be the host. But in terms of the Rodgers thing, I mean, they just drafted a quarter last. Like, why in the hell did they do that? Aaron Rodgers really no sign of slowing down. Like we saw just last year, he's the MVP. Right. Like, let's just draft a quarterback right behind him and just like basically number his days. Like, of course he's gonna want to get the hell out of there. That made that pick was dumb as hell at the time, and it's even dumber now.
1: Was that the guy from Nevada? UCLA. UCLA. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And they, they kind of did the same thing with Rogers. I mean, yeah. Favre was coming to the end of his career, but he, Favre still had a good few years left and they drafted, drafted Rogers. So Rogers shouldn't be surprised at that. I honestly just think he's like sick of the organization, like everything coaching staff, you know, maybe like the, the management and everything. I think he's just sick of everything because they, they've had some good teams. They've got, they had the number one offense last year, but I think like it's, largely i mean very much just because of rogers they have some good players i know that but like he's probably looking at like i'm having to carry this team on my back and you guys aren't doing basically anything to help me and you know they're not drafting anyone on offense they're only drafting defensive players and stuff so i just i don't know maybe, maybe he wants to do jeopardy but i just think he's sick of the franchise
1: yeah. Probably right. You know, I'm bringing that well, part full circle before you jump in, Jared. I, when he was hosting, I did get a kick out of this. On uh, Final Jeopardy, one of the contestants didn't know the answer, and he wrote on his board, should have went for it on fourth down. Yeah.
2: It, yeah. Well, I think – I mean, the, the thing is, is one, like what I keep hearing is he's got – now he has like his fiancée or about-to-be-wife is an actress in L.A. Yep. And I just think of if I was a professional athlete, how much – would it suck if you were in a place like green Bay or Detroit or, and then you have like all your buddies who are on like the, you know, Phoenix suns, LA Rams, LA Lakers. Like what a place to be. That would like, just you, you wonder why Detroit can't get any free agents. I mean, just take a look in the mirror, what the hell that city is. Uh, But number two, is what I'm – with the Rodgers thing, Matt, the only difference is between the Favre is – Favre was, like, retiring every year. You know, it was a new thing every offseason. Like, oh, I'm retiring this year. Like, oh, I'm retiring this year. No, I'm going to come back. Like, I think they just got sick of it. Like, dude, like, you know what? We're just going to force you out. Whereas with Rodgers, it was like, you know, you never really had any problems with the media, never spoke out against, like, the GM or the coach or anything. Just a kind of a perfect quarterback, and they just decided they were going to f- him and just draft this, like, quarterback out of nowhere. I, I don't know. Imagine if we just brought in Ted, imagine if we just brought in some new uh, guy that does play by play for Aww, high school sports shame on that. and you know, in, <laughs> in Lansing area. And we just had him <laughs> you, know, you know, we're just gonna bring him in and have him watch a few podcasts, uh, you know, maybe he could, you know, host some games for yeah. him, or host some podcasts for us. Like would that like you'd be like, All right, I'm just gonna get the hell out of here. It I'm gonna would, start my own
1: podcast. Uh, I'd pr- well, here's here's how it is old school, young man. If something like that does happen, this is how it always used to be. They bring in somebody to put a little heat on you. You step up your game, you know. <laughs> well, if you're a little mellow, if you're if you don't have that fire, he didn't need that. Well, no, maybe not, but they still don't they need a decent backup quarterback for crying out loud. The guy they got, it's only his second year. What what would hurt to have another year or two under his belt as the backup and get the reps in practice? And you will know, I don't know, I. I I didn't think they were that high on him even though they drafted him what was it like 23rd or something in the draft something like yeah. that yeah what's wrong with you know being a backup for a few years Rodgers did
2: Aaron rodgers yeah. just won the MVP I they know. are a piece they are arguably a piece away from winning a Super Bowl and they're drafting a quarterback.
1: Like I said, you still have to have a decent backup. I am telling you, don't. You don't. If
2: you lose Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is the is seventy five. Just like you said, how quarterbacks. Oh, it's a eleven man team. Yeah, the Packers have been having a wide receiver at running back. Like three years ago, they had a wide receiver at running back, <laughs> and they were still winning twelve games goes, right. so Aaron Rodgers. He is a special if, quarterback. 100%. So it's like if Aaron Rodgers goes down, your Super Bowl dreams are dashed right, right. there. Same thing like when we, you would always say like, oh, we gotta have a good backup for Stafford. If Stafford's gone, this team is horrible. Like it, it was just one of those things. Like you shouldn't be planning for a backup plan. Like you don't see the Chiefs drafting a quarterback because we need a a quarterback behind Mahomes. No, if you lose Mahomes, you're done.
1: Well, I thought every I thought every NFL team their backups they they're expected to win and plug right in, aren't they?
2: I you know I shouldn't have said the Chiefs because if you remember that was the backup quarterback that won in the playoff game, uh, Ch- uh Chad Henny,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, he just won it for. Him. So I guess maybe I'm I don't know. They got to be at least halfway decent, yes. you know.
3: Yeah, I would, I would think most backups are expected to come in and win some games. But I think Rodgers is just, he he wants to prove Ted wrong, and he wants to be the next
1: Jeopardy host. <laughs> Yeah, Could be, could be. Prove me wrong, man. Then I might start watching the show again. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else on football before we move on to a different topic, boys? We good there? All right, we'll be right back. I think Jared wants to talk a little Kentucky Derby right after this. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing a 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979. Stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso. And follow them on Facebook at hanker.sportswear.
2: So the Kentucky Derby. So I'm just going to tell a quick story about my buddy who had what is basically an all-time experience. So let me just lay off the groundwork. So he kind of got, like, a couple days before the Derby, basically his buddy who is, uh works at Eastern Kentucky University said, hey, I got some tickets. You want to come? He's, kind went of, to he's man's, 21, 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's 22 right? years old, uh, you know, kind of like just graduated college uh, this past week, and so he's like, yeah, screw it, I'm going to go. Went to man's Warehouse, you know, got the whole suit, did the whole, went full regalia, <laughs> did all that stuff, goes down there. And, you know, we've kind of been, like, getting into horse betting, you know, since we were in high school or since, like, the first year out of high school when we got lucky. And basically one on Justify, who was the last horse to win the triple crown. That was just awesome. Uh, and so since then we've kinda always like have kind of bet together this or that. So he's down there and he says, you know what, I'm gonna bet one hundred dollars on Medina Spirit, which for him, like he's you know, he's a college kid, that's a lot of money to just throw down out on some horse at twelve to one odds. It's fast forward, you know, to the day. He's like apparently sweating bullets at this place. <laughs> Next thing you know, Medina Spirit, three fourths of the way through the race, is leading and he's running down the breakaway. Uh, the way he tells me, that he's, he's running after this horse as it's run, he's on the <laughs> infield. He's running after it. Uh, he's getting tackled by his guys. So Medina Spirit ends up winning. He ends up winning 1200 bucks on this horse, uh, and he's just through the roof excited. Meanwhile, I... I bet $10 on this horse and won 120 But it's just, I know it's like, you know, it, I, what I told him is, man, like, you know, that's awesome. But with all the stimulus checks that have been going around lately, like, that doesn't seem as awesome. Like, basically, you want a stimulus check, which everyone has those now. But What a
1: downer you are. I mean, it's just, I mean, am I wrong? Is that not the first thing you're like, oh, no, yeah, it's not that your much best, money?
3: Your best friend is at Churchill Downs and he's having probably, like, the best time of his life. And you bring him down by throwing out the stimulus check? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's just, what a buddy.
2: It, 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 all it does is, well, he's like, he's talking about, yeah, I'm posting on Instagram, I'm doing this or that. And I'm like, I mean, man, I mean, there's guys there who are betting millions on these horses. And it's like, yeah, he's...
3: I, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that's where I initially saw it. I, I saw his uh, his Instagram story of him going to the uh, the ticket counter and cashing in his ticket. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the dude who gave him the money said that that was his biggest winning ticket that that guy had had. So, wow, yeah, for sure, there were people throwing down thousands of dollars and making, you know, way more than 1200 bucks, But, you know, like you said, for a recent college grad, first time at the Derby, 1200 bucks is 1200 bucks. That's a hell of a time. It's I hope just, he went out and, you know, bought some shots and some rounds for some people at a bar or
1: something. It's just the thrill of victory, too, man. I yeah. mean, it, there's nothing like that juice and that adrenaline. I'm, I bet he soiled his new suit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm too I'm, – I'm like, I was through the roof winning 120 bucks. Right. So it's like <laughs> – Twelve hundred bucks, is a lot. But the one, well, like I said, when I mean, you guys are calling me a bad friend, this that. I mean, am I wrong though? The stimulus checks have kind of ruined that. You know, one thousand to two thousand, like kind of big hit. It's like, oh,
1: like you know, kind of everybody got those. But you know what? That would have never crossed my mind to be hundred percent honest with you, ever. I don't know. I was know. gonna it's... say uh,
3: that. I, that was the first time I've heard a mention of the stimulus. Like since that happened, I, I just yeah, completely it's... forgot about that. But my thing is, too, like you said, you know, you were excited about your 100 bucks or whatever. You were a little more than excited. You were tweeting out that basically you are like a professional gambler. The guru. You're like, this isn't just a hobby, friends. Like, yeah. this is me. Come come to me for all your... your all, all the way. You were a little more than just a little excited.
2: I, I'm just like kind of just like I'm not even bragging at this point. I'm just pointing out the obvious. All of March Madness, you guys are giving me kudos. Like, man, this guy is like picking these upsets. Like, he's kind of red hot. Okay, like that was good. I finished March Madness red hot first bet I've had since then. Twelve to one horse, it hits. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like. Maybe this. I should quit this podcast and uh, just open up a firm and maybe. start and start just betting all day. I'll,
3: I'll say this. You okay? Kudos to you. You won. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot you down and say. Ooh, you're hundred bucks. That's like three tanks of gas. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm not gonna like you were to your friends. Yeah. But you bet on you, before the race. You basically said along the lines of like, always put your money on Bob Baffert. Yes. Like never go against Baffert. So like you bragging about that win, it's basically like if you put your money on Alabama to win the college football playoffs. <laughs> like, cool. Nick Saban basically wins it every other year. Or if you put your money on Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. He's got like a hundred Super Bowls. So good job. You won. But that was kind of like, <laughs> even though it was only 12 to 1 odds, it was
2: kind of like an obvious pick. No, okay, that's what everyone's. Okay, Matt, was, such an obvious pick. Ted, such an obvious pick. Why didn't you guys bet it? It's free, 12 to 1 odds. At the end of the day, yes, it's Bob Baffert, and that is why I placed the bet, is because I'm always going to bet on Baffert if he has a horse in the race. Did I get lucky? Yes. Um, Does it but make at you it the look, look the day, like a genius? I mean, how does it twelve to one? Well, 12, think about that.
1: But a Bob Baffert horse twelve to one. Where where did that fall in the rankings of the horses? Think about so well, for about comparison.
2: The first, third. UMBC beating Virginia. Yeah. Fourteen to one. Okay, that's where we're looking at right now. I pick that. Okay, I mean you got to give me. I mean I bet I won one hundred twenty dollars off of a little ten dollar bill.
1: Just take your three <laughs> tanks like... of gas and drive back to Detroit, will
2: you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, you guys are sh- you're shitting on me for this. I, I what do you? We're, I mean, we're
1: sticking up for Richie, man. That guy, he he did it up right.
2: Yeah, but I was actually you're jealous. Gonna, I was actually going to ask you guys this. Neither of you guys have been to the Kentucky Derby, right? I mean, you're—you know—I'm not saying you're—you're you're up there in age, I guess. You know that. I mean, you're <laughs> you are going—you're talking about your retirement and all those things. How have you never made it to a derby?
1: that's a good question it's it, i'm not i'm not planning on dying overnight you know i just got back from 10 days on the road yeah and the derby took place that's this what looks, i mean it's like why not piss stop there or something it, it's the first year i haven't watched the derby live and i can't even tell you when but uh yeah that's a good point that's i if i could have worked my schedule out it was kind of a work vacation too by the way but if i could have <laughs> right. worked it if i could have worked <laughs> it out i could i, I would have thought about doing it you want to go sometime want to go with your old i would go i would go i'll stop at men's warehouse just like richie yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> we've we've thrown it out that we should do a, a live podcast. Oh, like would that you be awesome? Jared, you were booth you were booth on the ground at a faster horses. Yeah. For the one podcast, that that would be pretty cool to you know, the three of us. Bring whoever else. Go go to Churchill Downs and go to a derby. Even if it's just one of those things, like we've talked about it a ton of times. Even if you have zero interest in horse racing or gambling or anything like that, like I just feel like that's just like an experience that anyone would yeah. want to do I, I don't know like it is definitely something i want
1: to do before i'm ted's age <laughs> amen do it while you can um <laughs> for, before we wrap up this segment greatest sporting event you ever went to you know kentucky derby would be a definitely a bucket list item w- what's the best one you guys have been to
2: i mean i went to i went to a final four for the gordon hayward shot was at that, that game that was awesome at the Verlander no-hitter when I was, like, eight years old. That was also pretty awesome. I So, I mean, I just think for those two things, I mean, that's pretty lucky. Those are two pretty all-time great games. Other than that, I haven't really been to – I mean, I was there when Michigan lost to Ohio State by 50, so that was a good one. Uh-huh. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, there isn't really one that sticks out in my head that was, like, incredible.
1: Yeah, and as old as I am, I think that same Final Four that you went to the national championship game, we went to the Final Four on Saturday, and it was it was just an awesome experience. Yeah, Just, just soaking it all in. How about you, Matt?
3: Yeah, I mean nothing like crazy specific. Like yeah, like a national title game. I've been to quite a few major league ballparks, so that's that's something I'd like to go to more. It'd be cool, you know, everyone always says the like to go circuit. to all of them. Yep. But, you know, so I've, I've been to a good amount of the ballparks. I went to two the, the thing I think that came to my mind when you mentioned it. I went to two games during Michigan's national championship football season. So, you know, it wasn't the national championship game. I wasn't at the Rose Bowl in 97. But I went to two of the games the year that they won a national title, so you know that was
1: pretty cool. Oh, I forgot for a minute. I, I did go to a Rose Bowl game, with, and Michigan won. They beat Southern Cal. They beat uh, Rodney Pete back in yeah, '89. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was an ex- life. That was a definitely a bucket list experience. You got to do that someday as well. All right, you you did bring it up, Jared. Let's talk on it just for a second. Uh, the Michigan Michigan State situation. There was some kind of tweet went out this week. I understand. What what's all what what's going on with that? You guys.
3: The NFL draft obviously happened, and there were three teams, it was like Michigan, Michigan State, and I think USC, I I think it was those three teams had like 80-year runs of always having a player getting drafted in the NFL draft. Basically, since the draft has been around, there were like three schools that have always had a player drafted. Well, this year, Michigan State did not have a player drafted, broke that streak, you know, so... Obviously, Michigan State had a rough year last year, so maybe they weren't really expected to have very many guys drafted. It was kind of surprising that they had zero guys drafted. But, you know, fans, as this rivalry is, fans are going to take shots. And a new Michigan staffer, he's like an assistant defensive line coach. He just came in this year. He sent out a tweet that basically said, like, you love to see it, you know, with Michigan State losing their their streak of having guys drafted. And, you know, to me, you know, so obviously people started ripping him. How is a a Michigan state or how is a Michigan coach going to tweet something out like this? It's classless. And, you know, you shouldn't be taking shots at kids not getting drafted. You know, people hated it. To me, I'm just mostly like, one, it's a rivalry. So everyone's saying this behind closed doors, whether they're actually tweeting it out or not. And ultimately, to me, what it comes down to is who really cares? It's a tweet. Like, are you really going to get this mad about a coach Tweeting something out that is just, it's facts. I mean, Michigan State didn't have anyone drafted. They just pointed it out. So it's just, it's funny to me what people get worked up about. Just a tweet. Who really cares? Move on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I wouldn't get, I personally wouldn't get worked up about it either way. I just thought, hmm, I don't like to talk and brag because you had what Michigan have eight players got drafted and they had a shit team last year and got beat by Michigan State. It seems to me the timing of the, of the stupid tweet was the whole story. And number 2, I don't care if you're a new assistant coach or not. You, I think he probably had a little talk with Harbaugh after that. I mean, that's just I mean, if you want to rile up your your big rival, go for it then, I guess. Well, but,
2: it's just we do this every year with yeah. bulletin board material from right. Michigan State. I know. It's every and I'm, you know, I'm the number one guy. I mean, I
1: yeah, but they don't I'm not, care I'm about you. Quote,
2: yeah, I'm not the number one guy. I always say I'm a I'm a, I'm, a, I'm up there with the guys that just throw that are constantly you know going after Michigan State or whatever. I don't understand this move. I love it whenever we can get a jab at Michigan State. It's just it would have been a perfect twist of the knife if we had beat them beat them yeah. this year. But it's just hard for me to. It's like man, we had eight people drafted, they had zero, we still lost. It's like. And and was, that's Coach Two and Four. Yeah, it's like I don't know, Matt. I agree with what you're saying. It's like we should. I don't think people should be losing their minds over it. <laughs> that's but, for sure. But it is kind of like if I'm a Michigan State fan, I'm almost like laughing at this guy. Like I'm just quote tweeting and saying like the score is what people people were pretty much right. doing.
3: Yeah, and the thing is too, like he's a he wasn't on the staff last year, so that was that's one thing I pointed out. Like people were like, yeah, but Michigan lost last year, and said, so, well, he wasn't on the staff, so he probably really doesn't even care about that game. <laughs> last year and you know like people want the the one thing too michigan fans and other people you know we've talked about on this podcast that we need like more fire within the program we need more like juice we need more energy within the coaching staff and you know the program and we said like they don't take rivalries seriously enough whether it's michigan state or ohio state or whoever else because we've been losing to wisconsin and penn state and stuff so it's kind of like so you want your coaches to show more energy you want Harbaugh, the old Harbaugh, to come back. You know, you want your assistants to have this, this energy and electricity and all this. And then when, uh, you know, an assistant coach sends out a tweet to throw some fuel into the rivalry fire, people hate it. So it's kind of like, well, what do you want? Like, I agree. If Harbaugh would have sent that out, that's, you know, probably not a good look for a head coach, but especially when he hasn't had that much success against Michigan State. But when this new assistant coach, you know, he's excited to be on Michigan staff – you know, he's taking a shot at Michigan State. Who really
1: cares? Yeah, I, I would. If if you're going to go down that line, I guess I would say he kind of soft sold it a little bit. I mean, he he did throw State under the bus a little bit, but I would have got more respect if he would have been all fired up and say, "Well, we had eight drafted, and Michigan State had none. Ha ha ha!" You know, I mean, put it right sure. in your face. I mean, that's kind that's of the same thing. <laughs> but it, it wasn't. It wasn't the real. That was dagger, like an old you man know what I mean? tweet. Yeah,
2: I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You lost me on that one. But yeah, I, get what you're I lost
1: myself, too. <laughs> uh,
2: one thing uh, I will throw out, Imani Bates, got to love it, guys. Got to love it. I mean, it's unfortunate don't for surprise. Big Ten basketball and for Michigan State and for our friends that are Michigan State fans, but if I'm a State fan, what am I looking forward to now with this basketball team? I mean, that was kind of the thing, like, you know, all this Izzo thing that's kind of falling downhill, the, this horrible season they just had. But they always had the, you know, Imani Bates, Carrot dangling in front of our heads. Like, we got the best player in 10 years coming to our team. Now he's leaving. Uh, we don't know whether he's going pro. He just he just decommitted. So we don't know if he's going to a different
1: college or what. But I heard Illinois might be in the mix. But, wow. Honestly, I mean,
3: like, I, I want to ask you guys. I actually have a couple different things that I want to ask you guys about this. So, so people are thrown out. So he announced on ESPN when he was committing to MSU, and at the same time, you know, his dad was creating that new prep school yeah. in Ypsilanti. And right after he committed, obviously Michigan State got like three or four big recruits. So it's starting to come off like the whole commitment was a sham from the beginning. Like he was just trying to promote his new school And, you know, his dad was trying to get him to promote his new school. He was trying to get some recruits to also go to Michigan State. It just seems like – because everyone said for – you know, there were probably some people who thought he would end up in East Lansing, but I think most people assumed he was not going to end up in East Lansing. But the thing – so two things I want to ask you guys. One, and this isn't – really, it's not a shot at Tom Izzo because he is a legend, but do you think that maybe, like you said, he may still go to college, like even they're throwing out Texas, Illinois – do you think he maybe, if he does go to college, he looked at it as like, man, I'm, I'm going to spend one year in college. I want to, one, enjoy myself, but two, I don't want a coach like Tom Izzo breathing down my neck for my one year in college when I know I'm going to be the number one pick in the NBA anyway. Do you think there's anything to that?
1: Well, I think there's a lot to that probably. I mean, you know, I I, I can't read the guy's mind, but that, that makes sense. You know, Izzo is an intense coach, and if you wanted to go for even a couple years, you may need that type of coaching, but you brought up a good point. He's he's one and done without a doubt, and why do you need that kind of and grilling?
2: Yeah, and that, and all, yeah, if he decides to pick a different school, I mean, it 100% comes back to what we all thought at the time, which is like, man, who the heck wants to play for this team? It looks like they have no fun. Uh, but another problem was, if you remember, uh, Joe Jenko when he was on our show, was saying how his AAU uh, partner, who was Michigan State's other top recruit in that class, like they couldn't even play on the same team together. Mm-hmm. So you just got to wonder, did that have something to do with it? If so, why in the heck did Michigan State side with this guy instead of the next Kevin Durant? I don't know, but it's not good. I mean, it is. I hope he does go the college route. I hope he doesn't just go straight pro, Or just because it'd be so much fun to watch
1: him, yeah. even if it's for just a year. College basketball is just so sweet to watch.
3: It'd be it'd be perfect for him to go to a place like Auburn, go play for Bruce Pearl, go yeah. play for Florida. You know, like go to a school that really doesn't care about like academics. He can just go hoop for a year. Yep. And you know, like Michigan State. Like I'm not saying like they're this like great. I mean, it is a great school. I'm not taking a shot at Michigan State. But you know, like go to go to a school that like Arizona State or something, <laughs> where you're just going to hang out for a year, play some ball, and then go go to the pros. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to ask you guys. And this is, this is maybe like a generational thing. I'm curious to hear what you think. It's kind of a newer thing, maybe within the last 15 years or something. Jared, definitely your generation, guys like Miles Bridges or guys like Monty Bates or, you know, whoever, not like going to their high school, like where they grew up. It'd be like, Jared, you, you saw you were going to be really good in football, so you're going to bounce and go to a bigger school where you get more, more eyes on you, you know? Yeah. Is there like not, has something changed where like, what if Imani Bates just stayed at his high school in this and just like torched it, just like won three state titles and started breaking every, you know, like high school record in Michigan. Like, is there not value in that anymore where these guys, you know, like you look at what LaMelo ball did and LaMelo ball is bounce, bouncing, all over the place. And now he's about to win rookie of the year in the NBA. So like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, to me, maybe because I I liked where I grew up or whatever, completely different situation, I know that. But, like, why not just stay at your high school and just, like, be dominant and then go to college or go to the pros, you know?
1: I don't think it would have hurt his stock at all. No. Well,
2: yeah. No, I mean, the only thing you could say is maybe his development. But what cracks me up is how the whole thing, like, if you remember, like, man, is he going to go to a prep school? Like, is he going to leave Ypsilanti-Lincoln? Right. And he was like, no, I'm homegrown, you know, I'm staying here. And then it's like he just formed a prep school in Ypsilanti, which will probably fizzle out as soon as he leaves. I right. mean, I haven't, I don't even know what the heck's going on with that team. I haven't, I know nothing about them other than he's on it.
1: Well, you're asking about the generational look at it, but Matt. yeah, I don't, it, I don't like it. I mean, I don't like it at all. I, I'd like them to stay right at their schools and, and do what you can, and they're still going to be successful. I mean, Magic Johnson played in Lansing for God's sakes, one of the greatest of all time.
2: Yeah, it, I, I'd love to see it. I mean. Like it would have been so much fun to see LeBron at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, I can't blame, I'm never going to blame a guy for going like what LaMelo Ball did, which is going to, I mean, he went to Lithuania. Do you right. think that was like he did that for the fun of it? Or did he do that, you know, to try to make some money make some and money. to probably develop as a player? So I don't, I don't.
1: Probably make more money than develop. Yeah, you're
2: probably right. But I, it's just like, I'm not, I'm never going to be mad at some guy that, that goes that route. Final I thing, can't blame him.
1: Final thing on that, though, guys. Where do we stand on the NBA? Why don't they just let him go? Why don't they let them go out of high school right into the league? What's the Why do they discourage that? If they're good enough to play, why can't they go make money in the NBA?
3: I mean, I remember hearing, you know, whether it was, you know, because like LeBron, he was one of the last ones that yeah. could go to the NBA straight from high school. And I remember hearing around then or a few years after or whatever, the reasoning back then anyway, one of the reasons anyway that I, I read was because like what you said, you said, Jared, it would have been awesome to see – LeBron James at Ohio State even for one year like think about Zion Williamson at Duke even for that one year it's it's electric like think about if Imani Bates did go to Michigan State for one year and I think you know they were they were thinking that they don't want to like hurt the college product but I actually I kind of think that the one and done does kind of hurt the college product because you just get a bunch of dudes like a Zion or whatever that Obviously, everyone was going to watch Zion. He was, he was on a different level. But you get these guys that are just one and done, like in yeah. Iggy Brasdekas at Michigan, and it's kind of like you almost forget he even played a year at Michigan, you know? So, I don't know. That, that was the reasoning I heard, because you, want, you didn't want guys like LeBron James to miss out on a year of college, but it seems a little backwards to me.
2: It is a little – and I think they are – They have that rule is in place to be changed. Um, the only thing I always think of is they always say it's like when uh, Bronny James is right. going to be available. So that's like – I think he's a sophomore now, so a couple years. Uh, yeah, I don't understand the reason they put the – I mean, you remember guys like Sebastian Telfair and all these you know guys who had taken at the top who were uh, straight out of high school and they just fizzled right out. I think they wanted to stop that as well, but it just it, – it's the same way. I mean, why does the NFL have it? The NFL has it for three years which right. is i mean no one ever complains about that one because i guess it's just it's a lot harder
1: to Such make a that transition sport. Yes. yeah but interesting all right well let's wrap up this show with a, a few additional items we'll be back uh, to finish this off right after this the coronaconnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold keep up to date on cavalier nation at coronaconnection.com all corona all the time Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Nelson House Funeral Homes' top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. Alright guys, continuing on just a little bit we got to say congratulations I guess and good luck to Franz Wagner. He's made his decision officially and he's entering the NBA draft. A good college player at Michigan. It would have been nice to see him back another year, but uh, apparently going to the league, huh?
3: Yeah, kind of the same thing. I think most, most mock drafts right now have him top 10. He's at least going to be a first round draft pick, so it's kind of the same thing. I think he's done enough in college. Hard,
1: he's to, hard to pass going to be up that money. At least
3: in the first round, he's going to you know, start his pro career, you know. So, yeah, as a fan, you want to see him come back, but, you know, let him go start making money.
1: Also here kind of locally, I just saw it before we started recording, that uh, New Lothrop's Aiden Harrison, who uh, played a year of football at Missouri, now has entered the transfer portal. So I don't know where he's going to end up, but we want to wish him good luck. He was a heck of a high school player for sure. Uh, Also, guys, we're Corona people. And uh, the crun of votes today. We don't know what's going to happen with it, but uh, hopefully it passes. But uh, a Cavalier golfer, Jared, here, just right yeah. up your alley, a hole in one uh, against Kyle. Gosh, I forgot to write his name down, but
2: uh, uh, it is uh, Blake Rowe.
1: How about that thrill?
2: That's that'd be so awesome. And I mean, the best place to do it would be in an actual like legitimate meet. match for yeah. me. And I think they only won by five strokes. So who knows if he double bogeys that hole? It could have been. A, it could have been the difference. Um. Yeah, it's awesome. I've always wanted a hole in one. I'm. I i can not imagine that thrill. Um. So, I'll. I'll. No joke. I was literally an inch away this summer, or not this summer. This a few, like maybe a month ago. But I was playing by myself, oh. so I was like, kind of luck. I was actually glad it didn't go in because you guys wouldn't have believed it. I mean, am I <laughs> wrong? So you're right. <laughs> so
3: I'm, not only. Not only would I not have believed it. Knowing how you just treated your best friend Josh after his winning at Churchill Downs, I would have just said, like, oh, cool, hole-in-one. Not the first time anyone's done that.
2: Let me just clarify when I told him that. That was the next day on his drive home. So it was like, you know, the the fog had kind of cleared. He was talking all about how he's going to get, like, a memorable, uh, he's going to get it engraved on a plaque and all this or that. And I'm like, you know, I kind of to take him down a notch. And I felt bad doing it, but I had to do it.
1: Well, that's, i guess—that's what friends are for in your group. I guess I don't know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, he said they're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get a, a wine bottle engraved, and I'm gonna get you know a picture of me with the, my winning ticket in it, and like this and that." I'm like, dude. I mean, someone's just gonna walk into your house and go, "Like, dude." At the end of the day, you want a stimulus check. I—I <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, he spent more. He spent. He probably spent it all on this, all his memorabilia and all the losses he had and the suits he bought. Like, I mean, I you know it's awesome i i got you know maybe i'm just jealous
1: josh matt and i are with you buddy all right that's good (laughs) enjoy that stimulus check
2: i Uh, mean we all won one i mean you know yeah yeah at the end of the day we all got a stimulus well he got an extra one (laughs) doesn't sound as cool does it
1: Nah, it sounds better when you won money big money at the kentucky derby 1200 dollars. that's all right all right let's call it a wrap boys uh it's good to be back together uh, good, to, good to hang out, Jared. Glad you made it up here and yep. back to work tomorrow? Or you got another uh, day off? Back
2: to work on Thursday. All right. Uh, yeah, we're pretty busy right now with all three teams playing.
1: Awesome. Well, let's call it a wrap, everybody. Follow us at 3 Point Pod on social. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, along with our studio here, Z92.5 The Castle. And also, please consider a donation to the ALS Association. They need to find a cure. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. Until next time.